Hey y'all, happy new year. Thank you for joining me for the Let's Be Real podcast. Today we are finishing up our Christmas series. Yes, I know it's already January, uh, but lots of folks probably still have their Christmas decorations up. So I think we can still talk about Christmas. When it comes to the most wonderful, miraculous, amazing birth there ever was, there's still room to talk about it. Waiting on Christmas as a child was so excruciating. Did you ever feel like that? It seemed like the month of December lasted for 365 days. I know my children probably feel that way now. But for me, now the Christmases seem to fly by. But can you imagine waiting your entire life for Christmas to arrive? Can you imagine the one thing you had hoped, dreamed, and prayed for not being realized until the last days of your life? That seems to me to be the definition of excruciating. How does one stay faithful to that dream, that hope for an entire lifetime? We will discuss two individuals today who did not give up hope as they awaited the arrival of their Messiah. Let's read the scripture, Luke 2, verses 21 through 38. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to carry out for him the custom of the law, Then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things that were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanel, of the tribe of Asher, She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Joseph and Mary, following God's instructions to a T, take Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. They had already experienced God's goodness and knew His words were true. Was this more than an obligation? Was it an act of worship? If they had not been obedient to following God's laws, Simeon and Anna would not have been the recipients of this miracle of their lifetime. 
Let's begin our discussion by focusing on the life of Simeon. Simeon was righteous and devout. This is how Luke chose to describe him. He could have used any adjective, but these are the two he chose. Righteous means that Simeon was approved by God. The same word was used to describe Joseph in Matthew 1. Upon their meeting, these two men, Simeon and Joseph, probably instantly discerned that there was something different about the other. Perhaps because of their spiritual connection to the Messiah, they recognized each other as a kindred spirit. I would like to have been a fly on the wall of this meeting. What were those instructions like? Simeon was also described as devout. Devout literally means taking hold of what is good. It's the outward response to an inward belief. Simeon believed God was good, and so his actions and words reflected that belief. The Holy Spirit upon him and his power was evident in the way Simeon lived his life. What was the action recorded of him? He was waiting. Now here's where you kind of snooze off a little bit. Who wants to wait? We struggle today to wait for a Pop-Tart to pop up from the toaster or a web page to load on our phones. This man waited his entire life for the Messiah. And when he had met the Messiah, his life was complete from his viewpoint. He could die in peace because God had fulfilled the longing in his heart. Had Simeon read the promise in Psalms 37:4 that says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart? Had he, on the dark days of waiting, whispered this promise to himself? Had he, when waiting got to be too much, prayed that God would come through on this promise? I'm sure he did. The word waiting means to actively expect what you long for. It's not just sitting and twiddling your thumbs. I wonder what he was doing while he was waiting. Luke does not divulge that information, but we can conclude that because the Holy Spirit was on him and leading him, much of his time was probably spent with God, listening and obeying. Those two spiritual disciplines don't just happen. Let's say Simeon went to the temple this day and it was a Saturday. The day before on Friday was certainly not the first time he had communed with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. His life before this day was probably characterized by worship, prayer, service, etc. He was actively waiting because Simeon believed God when God told him he would not die before seeing the Messiah. Do you believe God's promises? He could follow the Holy Spirit to the temple that day because he was in a habit of following the Holy Spirit. I love this next part. Verses 27 through 35 describe the meeting Simeon had with Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. In verses 27 through 33, Simeon declares blessings over this new family. He praises God for giving him the opportunity to meet Jesus. To experience Jesus in human form was the most miraculous thing he could have experienced. He even declares that he could die now. Here we see more evidence of Simeon's relationship with God. He knew the scriptures and what they said about the Messiah, but more importantly, he believed them. This is in stark contrast to the other religious leaders around him. They knew the scriptures, but they did not believe the scriptures were true. Their actions showed differently. As an aside, it just occurred to me, if we look forward to the time when the wise men arrived in Jerusalem to meet with Herod, as recorded in Matthew 2, we see the religious leaders in this exchange. They are just as disturbed and agitated about the wise men's news as Herod was. 
did these men, who like Simeon should have been waiting and looking for the Messiah, think back on this day when the Savior of the world, the Creator of the universe, swaddled in His mother's arms, arrived at the temple where His presence dwelled in the Holy of Holies? Did they remember the declaration Simeon and later on Anna proclaimed over this baby? Were they disturbed during the wise men's visit because it was further confirmation of what they had already heard? Perhaps. And yet instead of humbling themselves to Jesus' authority, they cowered in the proverbial spiritual corner. For more on the wise men and the religious leaders, check out episode 41. Let's go back to Simeon. If at this point this were a movie and music was playing in the background, it would be joyous but yet suddenly turn to sorrowful, and then turn again to joyous. Here, does his countenance change? Does he understand how Jesus' life will play out? Does he see the anguish that Jesus will endure for all humanity? Did he sympathize with Mary, knowing that she would have to watch her firstborn son go through the wrath of God's punishment for sin? He could see to the truth of who Jesus was and he expressed it in a way that communicated clearly to Mary that this child was who the angel had said he would be. As Simeon is speaking, Anna walks up. Luke tells us that Anna was a prophetess. She was of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had been a widow most of her adult life, only married for seven years. He then begins telling us her credentials as a Jew. She, quote, never left the temple, but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. Anna sounds like she has it together. She sounds like a woman worthy of seeing her Messiah. Just like Simeon, Anna remained faithful to her Lord. When she became a widow, she continued to remain faithful, dedicating her life to service at the temple, which some scholars believe she even had living quarters at the temple, and she performed special daily duties there. According to verse 38, Anna took this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to give thanks to God and to testify of who Jesus was to all those who were around her to hear. There were others, along with Simeon and Anna, who were encouraged by the birth of Jesus. His arrival changed their eternity. This was a testimony that even in the midst of those in the temple who did not want to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, there was a faithful remnant who did believe. How does this speak to us 2,000 plus years later? I think that we can follow the example of the lives of those in this scripture. For the young mom and dad out there, follow Joseph and Mary's example. Take your kids into God's house. Worship regularly with your kids. It will make all the difference in their lives. For the righteous and devout man of God, follow Simeon's example. Build your life, your relationships, your marriage, your home, your work on God's promises. Don't lose faith, no matter how long you have to wait. Be led by the Holy Spirit and obey. Be on the lookout for your Savior. For the committed woman of God, follow Anna's example. Be faithful in your service at a local church. Don't have a retirement plan. Be thankful. Testify to all who will listen. If we follow their examples, God will surely make himself known to us in the midst of our daily circumstances. Even better, when we invite him into our lives, he goes with us wherever we go. Will you invite him into yours right now? Will you allow his grace, God's radical arrival to change your eternity? Grace upon grace is available to all who believe. 
I want that more than anything for the coming days. How about you? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for the examples that we see from your people in the scripture. I thank you that it's recorded for us some 2,000 years later that we can see how they look to you. And we know that you never change, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the way that you responded to Simeon and Anna's faithfulness, to Joseph and Mary's obedience, you will do the same for your people today. God, help us to find encouragement and comfort in that truth. God, may we follow their example. Ultimately, may we invite Jesus into our lives each and every day, every minute, every hour, every area of our lives. For those who are waiting, for those who are anticipating what is to come, continue to encourage. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. All right, y'all, I hope that this discussion has encouraged you. If so, please share with a friend, subscribe to this podcast, and leave a review if you have some time. Meet me back here next week for another episode. Remember that you can access this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and now available on Amazon. You can also access Let's Be Real and other podcasts through the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network by visiting www.kingdomrock.com. Dot .org This has been Carmen go be real the world needs to see it